Hi. Welcome to Forbes India's The Startup Fridays podcast. I'm Hari Arakli, tech editor at Forbes India. In these podcasts, we'll bring you conversations with entrepreneurs who are finding opportunities in solving a variety of problems in multiple areas. We will also talk to investors from venture capital companies and other folks who are playing a significant role in India's maturing startup scene. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. Stay safe and happy listening. Our guest today is uh, Atul Shinghal, founder and CEO of uh, Scriptbox. It's a company that has played an important role in making it easy for people to invest in mutual funds in India. And Scriptbox is now evolving into a broader wealth management platform as well if I get it right. Atul is also co-founder and uh, at uh, Probe Information Services which provides financial information on companies in India. Uh, Atul has a degree in naval architecture from IIT Madras and an MBA from IIM Bangalore. Uh, so multifaceted personality Atul uh, fantastic to have you with us this morning. Uh, welcome. Good morning to you. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh to 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 get us uh, started uh, uh let's start with the beginnings. Tell us about the path that eventually brought you to the Uh, founding of scriptbox to begin with i mean uh, a little bit of my background uh, sort of which is relevant to the discussion so i'd spent a couple of years in Sa- i spent about 7 8 years of my career in south africa 2001 to 2008 uh, the last two of those were actually building out a digital business uh, a bank assurance digital business that's where i learned that the one the power of digital and also the difference between online and digital right online is a channel digital is a business so i had that background I came back to India in 2008 to actually set up we had to shut that unfortunately because of the financial crisis and uh, and I was like a corporate entrepreneur I was independent had my own team had my own budget so I'd got a taste of entrepreneurship at that time and I came back to India in 2008 actually to set up an asset management company again as a startup greenfield venture funded by old mutual uh, we were setting up a wealth management company and an asset management company and then lehman brothers happened uh, so second time lucky uh, sort of okay this corporate life is not for me uh decided to take a break so that background always sort of uh, gave me a sense that we need to do something in the space combining the power of digital uh, the gap in the asset management industry uh, there's a javed bhai story i always tell and if you indulge me i'll bore you with that and that probably was a tipping point uh, i was this uh, country manager of an asset management company with a sebi license applications etc etc and i was sitting at home uh, in dehradun with my parents uh, my father god bless his soul uh, was a retired lieutenant general right and we're sitting at home and he and my mom are having this discussion and my father is uh, and I'm quietly sitting having there having a cup of tea and my mother says you know nothing as usual uh, I'm going to give this money to mrs sharma she'll give me 2000 rupees back and my dad says no no you know nothing I'm going to give this money to javed bhai uh, he's a good guy and I sort of caught on I said can you tell me why you're doing this conversation i mean obviously they must have got some funds from somewhere from a dsop so i realized that they were absolutely no idea why they were investing and i called javed bhai and asked him what do you know and he is he was on the same size that oh this is what the mutual fund companies are telling me and i'll invest there so this javed bhai story prompted me to realize that most people who were investing in india were doing this without a purpose right so combination of factors brought me to the idea that using the power of digital we could improve uh, wealth management investments in india and how that's how we started scriptbox Mm. And uh, tell us also a bit about how you and Sanjeev and uh, Ravi Shankar got together. 
So, uh, like you talked about pro. So, Sanjeev and me, uh, Sanjeev, Ravi, and me are actually from I am Bangalore, uh, and so it is a bit of a uh, old boys club that way. So, Ravi and me have been dear friends from the very beginning. Uh, Ravi has been a fund manager and still is one. So, when I got back from South Africa and after the stint with Old Mutual, I was sort of on a sabbatical. I was spending time with Ravi, and we just decided that we do something together. I had spent some time as an EIR at Axel, uh, and they were kind enough to let me spend time. And this is the early days of 2009, 2000, late days of 2009, early 2010, when uh, Flipkart had just got funded. So the ecosystem was ripe for doing something new. Uh, and that's how I uh, we got together. We said, hey, there's an opportunity. We had relevant experience. I knew digital, uh, Sanjeev knew wealth tech, uh, Ravi knew fund management. And yeah, we said, uh, let's do something together. And that's how uh, we got together. Hmm. Today, of course, a very large number of people use uh, Scriptbox, uh, but for people who may not be familiar with it, tell us a bit about it, the idea that you started with and uh, you know, what it has evolved into today. Uh, so we, we've always remained true to the simplicity uh, mantra, right? So people make uh, wealth management as a, as a category or even investments very complex. So they'll hide behind jargon, they'll hide behind big words, they'll hide behind complexity. And our premise has been that simplicity, transparency, ease of use are critical to doing the right thing by our customers and while applying the power of science. Uh, so we remain true to that mantra. We started uh, obviously with uh, a very specific segment in mind, what we'd call early savers, people who are just getting started with their investment journey. So we, we used to call it stop thinking, start investing. So there was a lot of analysis paralysis. They'll talk to their father, they'll talk to their friend, they'll talk to somebody else and, and ultimately decide not to do anything. And we said, take away that fear of investing, uh, make it transparent, make it easy. Uh, and we've remained true to that cause. I mean, the, if you come to the script box interface, it continues to be uh, very, very simple. While there's a lot of complexity behind it in terms of all our algorithms, all our fund selection, all our procedures, uh, we've, we've, we've endeavored very hard to keep the top layer as simple as possible uh, for our for our customers. And I'll talk about how the business has evolved. Yeah, but we, we were basically helping people uh, manage their money better uh, in an easy to understand, uh, trustworthy manner. Mm. Uh, give us give us a sense of uh, the scale of your reach today. So uh, the answer is probably in three or four parts. Uh, reach is pan India. We have customers in about twenty eight hundred pin codes, if not more. Uh, so from Kashmir to Kanyakumari, from uh, from Imphal to to Rajkot, and and everything in between. Uh, we have a large number of army forgies <coughs> as our customers. Uh, our proposition appeals to them. They they don't need to be stuck anywhere. It's twenty four seven. It's always available to them. Uh, so, yeah, we have got customers across the country. Uh, we serve uh, the financial needs of uh, over 70,000 families because money is a family matter. Uh, and we manage about uh, 4,800 crores uh, of assets in the management, and which is probably among the largest uh, uh, digital players in the country. We are top, in the top 50 now. Uh, we hope we aim to be in the top 10 uh, non-bank uh, wealth managers in the next year or so. <clears throat> so, yeah, things are things are good. Uh, when you started uh, in 2012 and when you uh, actually went uh, uh, commercial, uh, what was the first uh, product that you offered uh, customers and who were the kind of people uh, who came on board as customers? Oh, lovely question. So we actually disrupted the category completely. right? So when we launched, we launched with one basket of four funds. That's it. So you could, you could actually acquire only, you could invest in those four funds, we called it long-term money. And that was based on deep insight. The insight was uh, threefold. One was uh, 
financial behavior, right? So there's a lady called Shini Ayangar uh, who, who we really respect. Uh, and her analysis said that uh, there was analysis paralysis. If you gave people too much choice, they did nothing. So there's a classic example case she's done where she stands in, in, in an aisle in a supermarket. In one side, she has 50 jams. Other side, she has six jams. And on the, six, on the side of the six, uh, sales are off the scale, right, compared to the 50 because people taste and don't do anything. So that insight drove us. Secondly, when we looked at all the funds, and there were 800 equity funds and 5,000 schemes at that time overall, the underlying investments were only in 243 assets. Uh, in stocks, right? So all of this chaos, all these big words were leading to lots of concentration. Thirdly, when we spoke to investors, especially early savers who were just getting started, they wanted to just know how much to invest and where. They really didn't want to reach the mint top 50. Somebody investing 5,000, 10,000 rupees can't spread their money across uh, 50 uh, funds, right? So how do you make it really sharp? How do you make it diversified? So that insight that, uh, and, and we looked at their risk appetite, it was between six and a half and seven and a half. So this combination of understanding of customers' needs, risk, keeping it simple, we launched with only four funds, right? And it was completely contrarian because everybody else, I mean, who was there at that time, ICICI Direct and Funds India, had everything on the platform. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was, it was quite contrarian. It worked very well for us. And to our absolute uh, delight, we actually attracted customers across life and wealth stages. We said, okay, we'll get the youngsters between 27 to 30, 32, who are just getting started youngsters. But we had uh, silver surfers who were 60 plus. Uh, we had people of our age group at that time, 40, 42. And yeah, it, it just, it, it took off like wildfire. People love the simplicity. People love the fill it, shut it, forget it mantra. People love the, uh, the, the, the science behind the selection uh, and obviously the ease of use. Hmm. Uh, any, any uh, uh, anecdotes or any uh, examples that come to your mind? Uh, of people who came on board very early in Scriptbox's journey and today who have become quite wealthy by sticking with it? Oh, quite a few, quite a few. So, I mean, we are very proud of the fact that we have 7,000 uh, rupee millionaires on the platform. And these are people who became millionaires on the platform. So, uh, if I was, I looked at some cohorts which we locked in 2015 and what is their wealth in 2010, end of 2020. I mean, uh, we did it about six, seven months ago. The average growth uh, of those portfolios was 7x, right? So we're very proud of the fact that uh, my mantra is stay invested, keep investing, stay invested, keep investing. And our customers are stuck to that credo and, and, and they've done very, very well. So we have customers more than a crore. Uh, so this habit of uh, staying invested, uh, which is what we always tell customers, has played out well for our customers. Mm. Uh, today, I mean, um, I've, I've uh, looked at the Scriptbox uh, app uh, a little bit. Even today, it feels like uh, it's fairly simple in the way people can make choices on it. But uh, it is also obvious that you are a much more sophisticated uh, wealth management platform today. Uh, tell us about that a little bit, the way Scriptbox is evolving. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for that question, Hari. So uh, as our customers matured, right? So when people got started, they had a smaller ticket size. Their needs grew, right? So we, we started with four type, as I said, four funds in the equity basket. Then people required money for sort of shorter term needs because equity is typically a five to seven year horizon and beyond. So we launched a product called short term money. Uh, we added emergency funds because we wanted people to, to, to save up for, uh, for a, like COVID proved to us in, in a bad time. People wanted tax saving products. So as those customer needs grew, <clears throat> we obviously needed to evolve. Uh, so today we are a whole stack uh, wealth manager. Uh, we offer insurance, we offer international equity, we offer Indian equity. Uh, we offer obviously a larger choice of baskets to our customers. Uh, customers can create their own portfolios. 
Uh, we are adding fixed deposits, NPS. So our intent is that we are your single, we are one home for all your money, right? We are one place where you can manage your entire money for your family. So when you come on to Scriptbox, uh, you will not only see what you have invested, you can also access your family accounts, obviously to, to write permissions, and all your investments elsewhere. So we're not saying how to manage all your money through us, but if you want one single window into all your money, uh, Scriptbox is the place. And this obviously has come out from as we have matured, as our customers have matured, uh, as our customers, we did some deep research uh, two years ago, and everybody said they'll mangi more, right? Uh, we're very proud of the fact that our customer retention rates are 95% year on year. Right? So customers stay with us, uh, but they want more, right? And they said, okay, if you want more, we're the people. Uh, and that's how we've evolved and we're evolving. Obviously, this is a journey. Uh, we'll add uh, more products to customers. We'll add more deep, deeper science uh, behind the asset allocation, behind the portfolio construction. Uh, but uh, we're quite confident that uh, for our customers and their families, we're here for the next 100 years. Mm. Your, your philosophy remains, uh, I guess, with uh, the whole idea of uh, uh, helping people and even nudging them uh, gently to stay invested over the long term. So I'd imagine Scriptbox wouldn't venture into things like helping people to trade on the stock market. Oh, absolutely not. So we do not believe in, in, we do not believe in speculation. Uh, we do not believe in gambling. Uh, so I tell our customers right, this whole crypto story or the or the stock trading story. I tell them if you got hundred, uh, please take five back and do what you feel like with it. Let ninety five be managed by me. Uh, that I understand very well how to protect your wealth. For example, like when when the Franklin Templeton uh, mishaps happened, we didn't have a single Franklin Templeton fund in any of our portfolios because we are very risk averse. Right? Uh, we we are here to protect your capital. We are here to grow your capital, not to take risk on your capital protection products. So that gives our customers confidence that we are doing the right thing. Yeah, so we do not, uh, we don't chase themes. We don't chase short-term returns. Uh, we are very, very much about long-term money management uh, in a very prudent manner. Doesn't mean that we don't have liquid funds, we do. Uh, so you need to have an emergency corpus for the next six months. And as COVID, COVID taught us that you need to be always prepared for the worst. Uh, we also tell people for your one year, two year, three year needs, you want to take a holiday, you want to buy a car, you want to do something, put money into short-term funds. And anything else, just let's uh, let's take a long-term view of this money. Mm -hmm. You referred to how the underlying tech is quite sophisticated and complex. Uh, so tell us about that a little bit. Uh, the technology that powers Scriptbox and the automated recommendations, how have you managed to develop that? <clears throat> so the, the the big word, big buzzword everywhere, everywhere is AI, right? So and and we are not AI. We call AI as applied intelligence, not artificial intelligence. This is pure applied intelligence. So we come from a background of uh, I, I used to work for Capital One for ten years. So understand scorecards pretty well. We have some experience for the probe side on building indices. We brought that same science to to our uh, to our fund curation and our selection methodology. Uh, we obviously backtest all our models for the last 40 years. So like our asset allocation models are backtested for 40 years because investments are a long cycle, right? It's not, it's not the flavor of the month. Nobody can predict the future. And not am I, uh, not am I saying that uh, the past is a great indication of the future, but some tends to establish themselves. So things like longevity of the funds, size, uh, consistency of performance, down days, many things go into these, uh, these algorithms to, to come up with the right basket for our customers. Uh, and the more important part is not about the one time, right? Uh, the, the fallacy in this is that I'll invest and then see what happens. You have to monitor it regularly, right? So we do a quarterly portfolio scan for our customers. We do an annual rebalancing for our customers. So all of this is is, is pure science, right? So I wouldn't call it, obviously technology is, a, is the backbone of all of this, our ability to crunch numbers, our ability to serve our customers. 
So as I was saying, it's like a duck. Uh, Dakaba is swimming, right? So underneath, we are, we are obviously doing a lot of complexity, while on top, it's very calm uh, for our customers. Hmm, pretty interesting analogy. Uh, uh, switching gears a little bit to, uh, you know, uh, from the, in the context of uh, aspiring uh, entrepreneurs learning from your experience, uh, what were some of the early challenges of uh, getting Scriptbox uh, off the ground and scaling its operations? <clears throat> so, uh, I mean, three challenges in, in, in any any of these businesses, right? First is the, the minimum viable product, getting it out there, uh, hoping like hell that it works. Uh, and then uh, the, the flip side of that, not being, uh, not falling fall of yourself by being overwhelmed by your early success, right? Because we had great phenomenal success and you sort of can, can get carried away. But we're slightly older, slightly bolder. So we knew how, how to keep it calm. That was one big challenge to get the right product out there. Have the belief that you're going to market with one product with four funds. I mean, that required to be slightly crazy. Second is obviously customer acquisition, right? Uh, this is, I think I always say in the startup ecosystem, especially digital, the only guys making money are Facebook and Google. All of us are just paying them tons of money to get customers, right? So that challenge, because uh, in our space, we're competing with the insurance companies, we're competing with the banks, we're competing with other wealth managers, we're competing with the mutual fund companies for those keywords, for, those, for that mind space. So doing it right, doing it smartly, doing it sharply, uh, learning from that process uh, was a big, big, big challenge. Uh, third, obviously, is is finding sufficient capital to continue to to, to invest, right? So finding, and that way, we uh, Axel has been very supportive of, of everything we've done. Uh, so yeah, those are the big challenges I think uh, we, we 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 grappled with when we went. Obviously, and we are a regulated in, uh, environment, right? We are we are in the uh, we are in the money space. So to making sure that uh, everything you did was absolutely absolutely regulatory compliant. Mm. Any interesting uh, big, big breakthroughs uh, that really helped your business? <clears throat> uh, as I said, uh, the, the, the early adoption of a large, uh, sort of as, we, as we call it, uh, people across life and wealth stages, uh, what, what was surprising was actually the big breakthrough. We realized this mantra of simplicity actually applies across the, the value chain, only not for people getting started. So why we wanted to remove the clutter and make it easy for people to get started, we realized that this actually appeals very heavily <clears throat> even people with higher amounts of wealth. And that mantra drives us even today. So that that breakthrough, which came partly by design, partly by accident, uh, has really driven our our growth. Hmm. I mean, in terms of investing, um, uh, you know, stay invested, keep investing, seems like really sound advice. I mean, in, in the context of uh, recent events, you know, black swan events like COVID, uh, climate change definitely becoming much worse uh, by the day. Uh, what what approach should the sort of man on the street, common man, take when it comes to investing? So again, see, the, the, the simple principles here, Hari, are that uh, always invest with a purpose. So first and foremost, save 20 to 30% of your income. People make that mistake that they think this is uh, a part-time exercise. I'll get some money and I'll quickly make money. It's, it's not. It's a long-term game. So first and foremost, save. Save 20 to 30% of your income. And as you go up and get older, increase that amount to 30-40%. Because if you're going to retire at, say, 55, uh, you're going to earn for, say, 25 years or 30 years, and you're going to live off it for the next 40 years, it's, 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 it's going to be quite crazy that you expect that I'll save for 10 years and live for 40 years. I mean, all of us are going to live to 85, 90, hopefully. Right? So that plan that you're going to learn, live for the long term and you need to invest for the long term is really, really important. So first, save enough. Once you're saved, invested and invested with the purpose. And purpose is you obviously need to have an emergency corpus and that's in liquid funds. 
You need to have some expenses available for your short-term needs. Three, one year, you want to upgrade your car, you want to buy a Mac, you want to buy a laptop, a phone. All of these things cost money at every age, right? Uh, so for a person just getting started, you want to might want to do some education. So have some money in what we call uh, short-term uh, debt funds. The rest into equity. Remember, India is a growth economy, right? And I'm a strong believer in the Indian economy in the long term. Yes, there are there are uh, blips, but if you the secular growth which we will see, uh, even if the uh, say inflation is at four to five percent or maybe there or thereabouts, uh, the real GDP growth is six to seven percent. The nominal growth, which is where your rupee is going to grow, your investments are going to grow, is ten to twelve percent. So a ten to twelve percent return over a seven-year period, ten-year period is phenomenal. And if you just remain, the power of compounding is your friend. So uh, and the the power of inflation is your enemy. So you have to invest for the long term uh, and remain invested. So this mantra of stay invested, keep investing actually applies even more for the common man and getting started early. Uh, and invest, uh, trust your wealth manager. I mean, uh, I believe that uh, not that because we want more business. Uh, you can choose your own if you are. It is a complex topic uh, because it's not only about what I'll invest in today. Uh, now people ask me, the market is so hot, what should you do? You just remain invested. Uh, if you look at a five-year scenario, this will look like a blip, right? All these ups and downs. So you can't time the market. Uh, you have to just remain, spend time in the market. So that's the, that's the mantra. For, for everybody, uh, Hari, that uh, as, a, as an investment manager, as a wealth manager, uh, a simple thing is uh, uh, have the right asset allocation for all your needs. Uh, keep your money in jam jars, as we call them. So that old piggy banks, right? Just think about your money in that. Because piggy banks have to just keep growing and, and they have different purposes. Hmm. Uh, going back to uh, asking you some more questions about uh, the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, again, to go back to the beginning, what prompted you to turn uh, into entrepreneurship. I mean, you had a stellar career already uh, uh, in the corporate world. Uh, what decided you on something more risky uh, as entrepreneurship? So I wouldn't say I was a born uh, entrepreneur at, at the 25. I said, I have to do this, right? Uh, I, I was a bit of a maverick in my corporate life too. Uh, so I would call myself an accidental entrepreneur, right? So this, uh, the shutting down of my venture in South Africa, then the startup equivalent, corporate startup equivalent, well paid for in India, uh, the old mutual one, prompted me to say that there was something in that. And, and, I, and I sort of felt, and I, I think it was a part of ecosystem, spending time with Excel, uh, looking at what was happening with Flipkart, the energy, the excitement, it sort of suited my personality. Uh, I said, okay, let me, let, me, let me give this a bash. Uh, and uh, as somebody uh, famously said that uh, when you're playing a game, uh, play it on your rules, uh, make sure you know uh, what your maximum losses are and you know when you're going to quit. So those I decided early before I came in, I said, when this happens, uh, we'll move on. But God's been kind. It's, it's worked out well. Mm. You, you uh, have an engineering degree in naval architecture. And what got you into finance? That is the million dollar question. So uh, actually, uh, post IIT, I realized that while naval architecture was a great degree to learn a lot, because you learned mechanical engineering, you learned obviously uh, architecture, you learned design. Uh, there were very few careers at that time in India, right? This is 91 when I finished uh, IIT. Uh, so I went to IIM, Bangalore, uh, hoping for better prospects. And once you went to the MBA school and I specialized in, I enjoyed numbers. Uh, so took some courses in taxation, corporate finance, uh, investments. Uh, though I started my career in marketing and sales and in, in general management, uh, the deep love for finance uh, and numbers continues. So uh, that's how I ended up here. Mm. What are some of your uh, biggest uh, takeaways uh, 
you know, from the experience of building script books. So I'll make them more generic, right? So I always, uh, so they say in Hindi, takya kalam, right? Uh, it always takes longer. It always costs more. So uh, patience, patience, patience. Uh, whether you're in corporate life, little less in corporate life, much more in entrepreneurship. You need to be in a in a hurry. You need to be, uh, you need to do things at speed. <clears throat> but combining that speed with patience, right? Uh, you, you really can't. It, it takes time to build good stuff. Uh, so yeah, we can always move faster, but uh, that's been my big learning. That when you're early days, you're so excitable and excited. Uh, and yeah, just taking, doing things right one by one uh, is a really big learning. Uh, and um, <clears throat> the probe learning, as, as a, if you build it right, uh, customers will, will, will just lap it up. And, and the third is the power of digital. Uh, what digital can do, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example at uh, Probe, which is the uh, other business we have. Uh, we write, that's a, that's a, it used to be a equity research company, then a report writing company. We used to write reports on about 1000 companies a month, right? And that was probably the biggest in India. We were really big. Uh, we pivoted that report writing business, which was delivering PDF to our customers to a self-serve platform. Today, customers consume 10,000 companies a day. A thousand companies a month to 10,000 companies and growing a day. That's the power of digital uh, self-serve, access, ease of use. So similar, we believe similarly in, in, in on the script box side, uh, as the power of digital really comes through, as customers get used to working, uh, to working with more platforms, uh, we expect a similar exponential growth uh, in this business too. So that's the learning, the power of digital, uh, patience. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and it costs money. Mm. And uh, at Scriptbox, uh, as they say in uh, startup jargon, uh, any uh, interesting or important uh, or and or important uh, pivots along the way? Uh, yes and no, right? So we have gone from being uh, a very sharply defined mutual fund, four types of money for the early saver segment uh, to now being a whole stack wealth manager for a slightly more mature customer. So in a sense, that's a pivot. Uh, there is a continuum, but the, now we, rather than only mutual funds, we have a whole basket of products. Uh, rather than only digital, we do have wealth managers available on the phone. Uh, the, so this is all DNA, right? You're, for being only a distribution business, now we have an advisory business. So combining all of that uh, is, is, is the journey. So I won't call it uh, a pure pivot that we've not gone from wealth management to stockbroking. No, we've not done that. Uh, we have become a deeper wealth manager with more solutions for our customers over time. And that, that we have learned along the way over the last 18 months. So we've grown about 4x in the last 18 months. Uh, God has been kind. Uh, and this is with our existing customer, right? Not that we've, we've gone and acquired millions of customers. Uh, it's just our customers have committed more money uh, into, the in, into the markets. Hmm. From uh, being the uh, founder or co-founder of a young venture to being the CEO of a large business, what are some of the most difficult lessons you had to learn? So I think this is true for any entrepreneurial journey. So I don't, I don't think I'm a CEO of a large company. I'm still the founder and CEO of a startup. I, we still have the same energy, etc. But I think it's this, uh, see, building a hotel and running a hotel are very different skills, right? And uh, so building a hotel uh, requires carpenters, masons, requires uh, people who are uh, painting uh, or if they say in your kitchen, you need people to come and put in the kitchen equipment. Running the hotel requires a chef. Running the hotel requires front office staff, right? So this transition of people uh, who might have helped you build the hotel to running the hotel uh, is, 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 the, is the complexity, right? And, and um, there's always more glamour in building stuff than running stuff. 
So uh, how do you keep the energy up? How do you keep the DNA of the organization nimble, innovative, hungry, while making sure, I mean, we serve 80,000 customers. Uh, how, do you, how do you keep the ship running uh, is the piece. So this, this analogy of uh, building more restaurants every time and adding more uh, menus, uh, while, but while running the hotel very well uh, is the best way to think about it. So they require a mindset uh, and, and, and as, a, as a founder, CEO, you need to keep both going. And that, that's the big, 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 uh, big difference. Mm. Uh, going back to the real beginnings, you started out by talking about a conversation uh, amongst your parents, uh, the Javadai conversation. So, and you also mentioned your father was in the armed forces. Uh, so what was uh, that childhood like? And uh, what do you remember about any important influences that had uh, a telling on your career down the line? No, so I had a, God has been very kind. I had a very privileged uh, upbringing. I went to boarding school when I was six years old to Enam boys. Uh, I, then I went to Kendri Vidyalaya after that with my father traveled. I uh, went to Mayo College, like you mentioned after that for my 11th and 12th. So this multitude of uh, cultures, location, money, no money, uh, taught me how to, uh, uh, I think, work. Uh, and I, then I lived in South Africa. So working with different kind of people with different motivations with with different needs uh, has been very useful right because uh, you just uh, you go to a school like mayo which is highly privileged you studied in a kendravidale before that so just this uh, has taught me uh, how to work with different people uh, again uh, every child will say that uh, i'm a big fan of my own father uh, he was probably the most upright man i've ever seen uh, and the kindest man i've ever seen uh, so some of those uh, learnings of uh, looking after everybody around you, uh, always being kind uh, in everything you do, uh, but combining that with ambition, uh, I think other other learning from my childhood. Hmm. What was behind the decision to go to South Africa? Uh, I, I think it was more serendipity, right? I was uh, I was working in India, uh, got hired by Capital One. Uh, Capital One was looking to set up in India. And then they decided not to do that. And then uh, the guys who got hired, eight of us who were that time middle managers uh, moving on to a new career, uh, some of us went to UK, some went to Canada, some went to US. I landed up in South Africa. So it was not, uh, I was always open for an adventure. And they said, hey, are you open to it? It looked like a thing worth doing. And I loved it. I mean, we lived eight years there. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely stunning. Uh, great people, uh, hardworking, great lifestyle choice. And, and what decided you to come back to India? Uh, combination of factors. One, I think uh, the kids, the girls have grown up. I've got two daughters uh, and uh, we wanted to bring them up in India, uh, sort of culturally, etc. Secondly, as I told you, the startup I, I was doing uh, as a corporate startup uh, had to shut down in late 2007. And the largest opportunity appeared to be because uh, Old Mutual wanted to make a play in India. Uh, I had the right background. I had to connect uh, sort of the, at least the surname. Uh, so they said, yeah, do you want to do this? I said, look like a good opportunity uh, coming back as an expat to your own country. Uh, so I said, yeah, let me let me give it a bash. That's what brought me back. Uh, my parents, my father was retired, getting older. So combination, it was always playing in the back of my mind. And when the opportunity presented itself, uh, I grabbed it uh, with both hands. So as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur, I mean, uh, it's generally widely uh, accepted that, of course, uh, you know, big wins are celebrated, but all the, uh, you know, sleepless nights are probably less talked about. Uh, so, from that point, in that context, maybe uh, can you tell us if there were any uh, real uh, low points uh, in your entrepreneurial journey and maybe also uh, contrast it with uh, any big high points? So, low points are, uh, see, I always say entrepreneurship is, is a very lonely journey. I mean, we've got business partners and, and I always have a lot of credit to the family in, in supporting you because you come from, 
as I said, I came from a very privileged career also. I mean, I was an MD of a bank at 35 and, and, and et cetera, country manager of a large corporate in India. So to the change, uh, if nothing else, in, in, in cash flows uh, is, is different at a very personal level. But yeah, we, we, we've, been, we've, been, we've been good. Uh, from, a, from a doing things, it's like boxing with the clouds, right? You work very hard and you launch this product and it'll actually not work. So those are very frustrating times, right? Or uh, like on the probe side, you'll go do this deal and you're absolutely sure uh, that now you've signed this big deal and you, you're going to break out and it falls through. So some of those challenges of, 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 because you're the only one accountable, right? And that salary, that paycheck, which you have to pay out, cash is king. Uh, which one thing corporate life doesn't teach you is that cash is king. As an entrepreneur, uh, the, the hard lesson that you always need money in the bank and, and, and is, is obviously some of the low points and some of the learnings. Uh, I mean, we, I remember Ravi and me skipping salaries for three months uh, in the middle or six months. We just said, no, we won't take salaries. The company can't afford it. Uh, we'd rather invest in technology, rather invest in things. Those are, those are hard decisions. Those are hard decisions. Uh, the, the high points, obviously, is the flip side. Uh, customers loving your product. Uh, I mean, our NPS is 60, right? That's number one in the world on the script box side. We, we benchmark ourselves globally on the NPS side. We are number one in the world. I mean, that customer love. Uh, the first time when somebody logged into Probe and, 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 and looked at the company, I mean, those are just, I mean, you can see goosebumps now on my hands. Those moments of joy uh, when you launch a product, customers love it, start paying for it, uh, NPS, customer feedback. Uh, some of the letters we get that, like you talked about, we started. I started with you in 2015. We got a lovely letter from a customer. Uh, he, we had sent him a anniversary gift and he said, thank you very much. I love your product, but please thank so-and-so who's my mentor who got me started on Scribbox. I mean, those kind of moments when you get that customer love just sort of bring tears to your eyes and, and make, it worth, make it worthwhile all the time, all the time. Okay, let's do a few uh, rapid fire questions, by which I just mean, don't think too much about them, just answer them in sh sort of short sentences. Uh, tell us about uh, one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring entrepreneur that you never got. Uh, the power of sales. Uh, this is something I always tell people. I mean, I'm a sales guy, but I, since I mentor entrepreneurs, just uh, all the tech entrepreneurs, go and hire a sales guy first. First thing you do is go and hire a sales guy. You have to sell what you build. Uh, WhatsApp is the only company in the world which has not had, I think, a sales team. Everybody needs a sales team. So just get out there. Sales, marketing, whatever. People who will acquire customers for you. Hmm. Professionally, uh, name one person who's left a deep impression on you. Uh, Yadav Mehra, my first boss. Yeah. He's, he still remains a friend and a mentor and a guide. Uh, yeah, he just, just the simplicity of purpose and, 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 and yeah, the, the, the dedication to work, hard work. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely... Uh, made a big impression and continues to. Uh, name one product uh, that you really love. Uh, can be a hardware product, a software product, anything. It's got to be Google. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've i always said that uh, if Scriptbox can become the Google of financial services, that uh, anything you need is available here. Uh, if, you, if our original product design was actually uh, was, was a ripoff on, on Google, just a very clean interface, white, uh, and obviously we've evolved over time, but I just love Google. Uh, they, they just they just keep, and you look at their beauty, right? I mean, Gmail was not first to market, but they kept making it better. If you look at Google Maps, uh, what it started is where it is. It just is so integral to your life. You just keep adding a little bit, little bit, that refresh, right? They don't need to go break down the wall and do it again. They just make it better every time. And that's the beauty of, uh, of a product like Google. Mm. Uh, a book that you keep returning to? The Little Prince. Uh, I think it's just got so many little beauty uh, statements, right? But just 
this stuff make you fresh, refreshed every time you look at them. It, the, the simplicity, the deep insight. So I just love the book. Okay. Uh, one important uh, thing that you never start your day without. It can be an activity, a habit, uh, even a beverage. It's both actually. So uh, I've been a big fan of crossword from 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 very young. Uh, I used to be a big battle at IIT who got the paper first and filled out the crossword. Uh, I'd lost the habit in the middle, but COVID's been kind. Uh, it's back now. So I have a coffee date with my wife every morning. So uh, 7.30 to 8, irrespective of what's happening, even if I'm traveling, it's on the phone. The coffee and crossword are an uh, integral part of uh, my early morning routine. Uh, your favorite hack to get yourself out of a funk? I rarely go into a funk, so I'll, I'll, I'll not be, but a long walk, right? So I love walking. So if I have to clear my head, I'll just say, okay, I'm out of here. Uh, and uh, just I'll walk meaninglessly, aimlessly for 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers. Just go. Uh, maybe even go around in circles. But yeah, a walk typically uh, gets me out of uh, anything which I'm uncomfortable with. Okay, last question. Uh, a city that you would live to li love to live in? Uh, Bangalore is the number one answer. All my friends are here. I love the weather here. This is where we are based. But uh, apart from that, uh, probably uh, Goa. It just has something in India. It, uh, it just calms you down. It just is, is, is a beautiful place. I, I think I go four, four times a year. So Goa has something about it which I love. Uh, so I won't name any international locales. Because, because, uh, but yeah. Bangalore to live in and go out to holiday and, uh, and life is me. I'm from Dehradun, which is a beautiful city. Uh, and we have a lovely home there, but these two will be my first two choices. Okay, excellent. Atul, uh, fantastic conversation. Thank you so much again for making time for this. And I always like to say, uh, I'd love to keep the conversation going. Thank you. My pleasure entirely, Harry. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you to your listeners. Uh, I hope uh, they didn't find it too boring and too chaotic, but uh, thank you for your time. So that was uh, Atul Shinghal, uh, co-founder and CEO of Scriptbox. Uh, interesting conversation. Take away, stay invested and keep investing. That's it for uh, this week's Startup Fridays. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. Uh, next week, I'll be taking a break for the week of Deepavali uh, from Startup Fridays. We'll be back in the week after that. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali. Have a great Friday and a wonderful weekend ahead.